What's up guys, welcome back to Rebranding Safety. In today's episode, we are talking to a brand new health and safety professional. What is that? Well, I'll do the intro and then I'll explain. The problem in safety isn't deviation, it's complexity. Health and safety has gone mad. Health and safety is trying to unpick having gone mad in the past. There's no one solution and one problem. The problem is that we are looking for one solution. Does the structure of the team allow them to flourish? Feel safe enough to be uncomfortable. The environment defines our behaviors. People aren't the problem, they're the solution. Rebranding safety, crushing the stereotype. Brought to you by Risk Fluent. Okay guys, Rebranding safety, doing exactly what it says on a tin. Welcome back, welcome to the podcast. We are challenging the perceptions of health and safety. We are changing those kind of, no wait, we are. It's because you're here, mister, that's why, putting me off. We are challenging those over the top practices of health and safety and changing the perception of it as well. We do that through long form conversations on this podcast and tips and tricks, how to's and vlogs and keynotes, etc. the whole shebang over on YouTube as well. So if you listen on YouTube, hit that subscribe button and the bell and all those other buttons. If you're on Spotify, you can hit follow, follow the leader, leader, you know, all that malarkey. Um, and all the other buttons as well, if it remotely looks positive and it will help me get bigger, which is good because I like to be big. Anyway, let's talk about today's guest. What's up guys, welcome back to Rebound and Safety. Today we've got an interesting guest and that's like genuinely really interesting. It's a like pretty much brand new safety professional. A person who kind of, to use his words, has kind of suffered through safety as a tradie, as a tradesman, um, through the years working in construction sites, and then decided, you know what, screw it, I'm gonna be a health safety professional. So he's pretty much like brand new into this industry, into this profession, and kind of was just really excited to talk to him about kind of, you know, at its rawest form of like, what was it like being you know, being the kind of reciprocant of safety advice, etc., and why you decided to to kind of join our industry. Well, let's be honest, it is it does come with a brand. There's not a lot of people coming on. In fact, the Irish last time I was at the Congress in uh, in February, the guy from the Irish was there, and it was something crazy, like seventy or eighty percent of them of our profession. He's going to retire in five years, so we need like new people, fresh people. She was quite young as well. Well, there's his name. That's his name. Today's guest is Stephen Ashby. Um, he's like coming out of the woodwork on LinkedIn as well. So make sure you connect with him. We'll put his uh, links in the description as well. Um, so yeah, we're basically just talking to him about why he decided to join the profession and what it was like before. You know, working on construction sites, etc. Just a general good old chimwag with a nice bloke. So let's get into the podcast. Right, Steve, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, James. Ah, thank you for coming on. Thank you very much. So why don't you give us a, we, we're going to kind of talk about, it's an interesting one with yourself today. And I'm, I'm, I'm actually really excited about this because with so many people that are like, and don't take this the wrong way so many people that are like you know experts in their field of like psychology or sociology or safety professional for 20 years and and i was i was thinking a while back do you know what? I, I want to talk to some people that that are like the, the the life and soul of what we do in it in the british economy which is just doing the job um yeah. and, and talk to like normal people like me i'm just a i'm just a, a safety professional on a day job with with kind of like 
a weird hobby of doing a podcast. Um, so I was kind of really excited when you messaged me about, you know, like the podcast and I said, Hey, you want to come on and talk about it? And you were like, yes, love that. You know, people that are happy to come on a podcast, like my best friends. So why don't you <laughs> give us a, a quick introduction of yourself and your kind of career to come to where you're, where you are now, which if I'm right, is like pretty much the beginning of your, your safety career, hopefully. Pretty much. Yeah. So um, yeah, thanks James. So yeah, my name's Steve Ashby. Um, I am from, I live in Norfolk at the moment. Um, I'm just pushing 40. So um, getting nice on and young, of, uh, yeah, yeah. I wish it was, yeah. I wish I was your age again. <laughs> I can actually say that now. Um, so I've got, uh, I'm a family man. I've got a newborn sitting at, uh, downstairs at the moment, being quiet for a change. Uh, a five-year-old and a fifteen-year-old. So, oh wow, got, yeah, yeah. So uh, newborn and GCSEs. Oh, Interesting. Wow. Uh, especially at the moment. Yeah. Um, so, but, but yeah, my family basically is, is the thing that gets me out of bed in the morning. Um, Lovely. I've got to make my work life as interesting as possible. So, um, but basically, uh, I started my career back in '96. Um, um, that doesn't make me feel sound old. Well, oh, not to make you feel old, but I would have been six years old. Yeah. Oh, okay. You're right. Yeah, that's six. Yeah, quite a good age. Um, yeah, I'd have been six years old. Sorry, not to make you feel really old. <laughs> so I'm a yeah I'm a carpenter by trade. Uh, did an apprenticeship. Um, which I finished in uh, 2000. Uh, I was on the tools till about 2005 when I started a management career um, from, I suppose, the bottom of the management rung. Um, I might get shot down for this, but I was a foreman um, and worked my way out to site management and then went, had a couple of roles in project, project management. Um, I've worked with Frey through quite a few sectors um, and employers. <laughs> uh, I was subject uh, to various cultures and attitudes from both management and workers. I couldn't really settle in the job, to be honest. Um, It wasn't until I realized um, kind of my passion in health and safety, it sort of became apparent why, really. Um, I don't like being stuck in a job in the same place day after day, generally doing the same thing, although site management is a little bit varied. Um, I do love variety, uh, love challenges and I suppose one of the things that interests me is perhaps I like to have an influence um, and encouraging change. Um, I think you'll get all of them. And you don't, yeah, you don't. Site management is kind of, uh, and project management is is not. I don't consider, by and large, being part of that process um, really. But um, I kind of that's where I am at the moment. Anyway, Um, I've not really had any employees since 2010, which uh, I finished my longest employment. Um, that I felt valued in my job, so um, I decided to make a change in career hmm. in the hope that I could do something about it. I like that. I want to talk about your. I want. I want to talk about your kind of choice to come over to to health and safety and your passion about that in a bit. What I yeah. would love to kind of dive into first is I. I think, and like I was saying a minute ago, is that kind of one of the main things that get me excited about having you on the podcast is that I I genuinely believe that there's still a lot of safety professionals out there that that think that we are not the problem, Mm. Um, that that think that the problem are, you know, what you used to be, the foremans, the chippies, the tradesmen, except you're the problem. You're not listening to us. You know, we're coming along. We're telling you what you need to do and you must do it. Now, don't get me wrong. Not all safety professionals are like that, just your old-fashioned yeah. ones. And 
And if at the end of this podcast, we can kind of convince that one or two old fashioned people that listen to this podcast, um, if I'm honest, if you're old fashioned, you probably stop listening after episode two. Um, <laughs> but if they, you know, t- they, they held on and they, they're still listening, you know, that 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 perception of health and safety um, being that health and safety gone mad kind of perception, yeah. it, it is still there, in my opinion. Um yeah. And, and I'd like to just kind of explore what that feels like from a point of view of being a foreman. Like, what are the kind of interactions you were getting with safety professionals back when you were on site? And and how, yeah, let's just stick with that first. You know, what kind of experiences were you having with people like me, for example, but like years ago? So, so from a trade perspective, um, I think the health and safety profession team, they from my experience, overcomplicated. Um, okay. That's from the trades perspective, and it's um, not all organisations. Um, some of them just seem hell bent on enforcing PPE, and that was all it seems to be. Um, I've uh, I've seen health and safety and site managers moaning about not wearing a hard hat when there's work at height risks not being properly controlled, mm-hmm. and that gets that gets bounded around a lot, a lot. That's um, just a common example, but um it's always seemed to be a box ticking exercise yeah right and this this is really only changed for me my perception of perspective um my perception of it recently okay. um but that's where i come from um my trades background um and that's the experiences i've had basically um it's interesting you say that. I, I always use this example, but I remember when I was in my first ever role in safety and um, and I was walking around for a lot of anyone that's ever been on a training course with me, which to be honest, you're probably not listening to this podcast. So I probably said this po- in it, this example in this podcast before, mm-hmm. but it, I use it all the time because I just think it's so classic health and safety. And, and anyway, I'd left, the, I'd left the factory. I was going walking around the corner to uh, the local subway, as you do. And mm-hmm. um, and I walked past this, this uh, warehouse, essentially. And um, I walked past it every single day. But I, I'm quite an observant person. I like to look around. I think yeah, as, yeah. You, as you develop in your career in health and safety, you'll get trained to do that, especially if you start doing like fire risk assessments. You end up just having a natural reaction of walking in a room and doing this. And just looking around everywhere. Yeah. You just do it all the time. It's probably the biggest bane of your life when, when, as, you, as you kind of progress in it. But that aside, and I was doing that, so I was walking down and I saw these these like two gents on the roof and one gent on the floor. I was quite young and cocky in my in my career in mm. health and safety. So I was like, I was like, went over and had a chat with them. And then I could see that these guys, like, they weren't, tied down to anything like they had the harness on they had the high vis on they had a hard hat on which I'm, I'm still yet to find somebody to give me a solid answer as to why people wear hard hats working yeah. on a roof like what's going to hit you on the head bird shit yeah, I'm quite really... common, see. yeah and it is i see it all the time and no one's giving me a solid argument as to say well a plane could come down and hit you on the head or something <laughs> i really don't know but anyway so they're wearing all the ppe like you just said they're wearing all the ppe they were wearing a harness. That harness was attached to nothing. There was no edge protection or anything. And I just said, gents, what, what are you doing to reduce the likelihood of your people falling off a roof? And they were like, oh, we're wearing a harness. Yeah, but your harness is not attached to anything. And, and the guy literally, honestly, this is not a joke. People don't believe me sometimes. He literally went, hey, Bob, 
Bob shouting up to the roof. I can't. I just use Bob as an example. I don't know what his name yeah. is. But, hey, Bob, Bob, what? What do you want? This lad says we're supposed to be wearing harness connected to something. And he, he's like, no, nah, no, nah, check, check the policy, mate. So he goes up, he go, literally goes into his van, opens this like this like glove compartment, whips out like, this massive wad of paper. And he's like, flicks through all of it. And then he gets it. And he's like, no, nah, no, nah, it just says, just says we're honest, mate. I've seen that. I, you, you say that. I have seen that before. Yeah. Scaffolders, um, some scaffolders are quite renowned for that. You get two carabiners, then you get two for the rest. So basically, when you climb across the scaffold, and you will connect one, and when you've got a move, you'll connect the new one, and then disconnect the old one, so you're not exposed to a risk. Yeah. And the times I've seen scaffolders wandering across the scaffold, I mean, none, none of them attached. No. So no. it's quite common. Yeah. Well, I agree. I think it is. I mean, I've I've never to touch wood. I don't ever want a job in construction, if I'm honest. But <laughs> I've uh, I've never worked in construction. But I've I've been a client a lot of the time. So doing it from that point of view, managing it from our, our duty as a client. But the amount of times I just drive past construction sites and just think, what are you doing? Um, yeah. And and I think when you say there, like it really kind of struck a nerve with me when when you say you know your experience of it is people just enforcing PPE. I think that's true. Yeah. That's, I don't know why there's such a focus. I really don't. But, uh, you know, it is changing. I have seen it changed over recent years. Okay. Um, uh, and it is getting better. Is it? Okay. So let's explore that for a little bit. It's yep. slightly off on the tangent. But what, yeah. what, when you say it, when you say you think you feel like it's changed, what, what makes you say that? Um, it's more so on the bigger companies. Um, I don't know, um, I can't put my finger on exactly why it's changed. Um, obviously, attitude, uh, sorry, attitudes, um, the attitudes are now changing. Um, well, like the attitudes of like the workers, the, the tradesmen, etc. Yeah. I, I, or everybody. Everyone, I think. Um, it is definitely better than what it was. Definitely. I mean, I've been on jobs where, as an agency carpenter, where I have been told, get up on that roof, uh, been doing a pitched roof, walking across the joists, no edge protection, no fall protection, nothing. And that was perfectly acceptable. And this was only 10 years ago, eight yeah. years ago. Um, now, I don't know if it's perhaps different sites and different companies I've worked on, but there is more of an emphasis on keeping people safe. But it seems to me that the pe- the way it's done perhaps gets people's back up, the tradesman's back up. So um, it always seems to be focused on punishment and you've got to do this, you've got to do that, or this will happen and that will happen. Um, you'll get this red card, red card, yellow cards, you heard of them? Yeah, I have, yeah. Instructions, they get bounded about a lot. Mm. So, and... Do you have any value? I don't think that helps change. I, no. I really don't. So you don't you don't think that the red card, yellow cards, they, they have no value really, in your opinion? If they, it depends how they're used. If they're used for, I mean, one of the large top tier main contractors I worked for quite a while ago, they would issue the yellow cards and red card system, and it was a punishment. So if you did something wrong, you get a yellow card. If you get a second yellow card, you basically get two yellow cards, and then you get a red card, same as football, I suppose, and then you're off site. Um, I think the second yellow card constituted a reinduction. Um, 
now they might be for silly little things like um at the time it was you had to wear your goggles all the time even if you weren't doing anything just walking across site you wear your safety specs um so if they caught you not wearing the safety specs it was all oh, you yellow card what's your name pretty much police would, would they literally police powers, would they literally get a yellow card out of the pocket like in a football uh no you would get a yellow card put in on your site file though Oh, so go against your company. Yeah. I would piss myself. We had some like yeah. safety geezer pulling up like a yellow card <laughs> with a whistle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I've seen that, and and that that just makes people hide problems. To yeah. Me. yeah. Um, if there's a problem, I mean, this was a main top tier contractor. This was. Um, so do you feel like there's no there's no kind of so so they're, they're doing the red card the yellow card but like is there a, in in your experience even if there is or isn't i suppose it doesn't matter because if, if you would have been a, a tradesman there or, or a foreman or, or whatever you were at the time you felt at that time that it was just a form of punishment there was no kind of further investigation as to well what let's look at let's try and understand why steve's not wearing his goggles and was did you ever you never saw anything like that or even if if you did like how'd that make you feel or was it just for just punishment um you could be the best behaved tradesman on site you could be absolutely to tea and you might be walking across site and perhaps come out the site office and forgot to put your safety glasses on and then you'll get a yellow card and that's kind of marked on your file so it that instantly made people go on the defense i suppose mm. um and it and it on the other thing it did was at the time i was a foreman at the time and i was used to get whenever the safety visit was due we used to get the heads up for a phone call and i used to run around all the trades on site bear in mind this was a huge multi-story office building in the center of london um we used to have to run around and tell all the trades or phone all the trades and say quick health and safety's on site um make sure you're doing what you're supposed to be doing basically and at that point would everybody just put their goggles on their hard hats on their well, high visits on or yeah I, yeah i mean to be fair the company i worked for was the company of my longest employment because they absolutely valued they were strict but they had good values uh, and i enjoyed working for them and they valued me and they valued everyone that worked for them but um this was a case in point of uh the hard hat and the glasses that you just mentioned um they might be in little finished rooms with full light and everything's all finished inside. They might be touching something up, uh, you know, not painting. Um, don't need to particularly wear your glasses and your hard hat doing that uh, if there's no one else around you. But if the safety man walked in and saw you without your glasses and your goggles, then it was an instant, instant penalisation. Uh, yeah. the was, there was safety scores as well, so they would mark you down for that and then your safety score would be produced at the end of the month and it would be whatever less for that mm. reason. No, I do know what you mean. I think I, I still see it now. And I can understand where some of this stuff, like the safety scoring and stuff like, so in construction, most people are subbies, aren't they? And granted, I understand that varies, but you know, most people are subbies, which gives them the flexibility to say, right, get off site. Because essentially you're firing someone without going through any of the HR procedures that you need to, which is again, also a bit dodgy, but I'm not a HR professional, so I won't go down that route. But there is there is a point of like contractor management to be able to say you know we're gonna we're gonna have a health and safety scoring system and I, and I, I think there's no problem with that you know I I think my my concern with all of this stuff is it there's no mid there's no 
middle waypoint. Do you know what I mean? Like we just we're, we're yeah. very extreme. And and I, and I think that this happens now. This stuff happens now. I see contractors being audited to go into a house and and refit a kitchen, and then we send an auditor in, and the auditor marks them down by saying, right, you're not wearing a high vis. I remember sitting in a meeting, you know, not so long ago, and our contract manager is giving his contractor a bashing by saying, you know, you're losing loads of points and you're safe here and, yeah. and, and we're going to dock you some this and do that. I can't remember what the punishment was, but there was some kind of contractual punishment. And, mm. and I'm like, well, hang on a minute. For, for what? What for? And they're like, every every day they're being spotted not wearing high vis. And I'm like, where are they working? Oh, we're just doing kitchen refits in a minute. Why do they need to wear a high vis in someone's kitchen? Because well, the JCB could drive through the kitchen and run over, clearly. Yeah, I'm not being funny. If a car hits them in the kitchen, I'm more concerned about how the car got to the kitchen, not the fact they weren't wearing the high-vis. Yeah. And, it, and it's like, this is that short-sightedness that, that I think creates this perception. So, I mean, one of the conversations I wanted to have with you was, that in your opinion, this perception of health and safety is is warranted, in, in your opinion. I, I think we've just agreed that, that it is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, this yeah. stuff happens. We are yeah. going in some cases over the top, um, yeah. and in my opinion, what that does is, is it has uh, a kind of uh, an effect later on. It creates a risk in a way by you and your team then not listening to anything to do with health and safety because yeah. you you've been annoyed. You're having to wear. PPE all the time and you mm. think well that's pointless therefore you tar all of health and safety with the same brush yeah. and and then don't listen when you're working at height for example which is a serious risk that we need to manage which we would need to go a, maybe a little bit more over the top to use that phrase yeah, yeah. Would, would you would you agree do you think that happens um do you think people kind of switch off from it because they get pissed off on the ground floor but then when they're doing something more serious they don't really consider the risks because they're yeah, hard with that perception. Yeah, it does actually. Um, I, some people as well, I've noticed, um, will do it out of spite as well. I mean, I've no, really that's interesting. Yeah, I've, I've seen people um, get moaned at so much for not wearing high vis hard hats, and then relay to the site management team that, oh, this is wrong. Why are you moaning about my hard hat when there's this and that and this and that wrong? Oh, and then yeah, the know. response is just get your hard hat. Mm. And then that, then then they don't bother to report anything. Don't bother to. If, if they're not going to take it seriously, why should we? You know, why should we report mm. new Why should we see? There's a gaping great hole in the scaffold. There. What's the point in reporting it if they're not going to keep? If they're just going to keep going on about hard acts. Mm -hmm. So it does get. It does put people's back out. You know, backs up a lot. Um, do you think that it? Do you, do you think that the, the perception is 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 so the the kind of um, I'll, I'll say perception, yeah, I'll say I'll say perception. the perception of health and safety because there are some people doing it right, there are some people doing it right. So some businesses, you know, I've, I've spoke about my best mate on this podcast time and time again. He, you know, he's a, he's a brickie, um, has been for has been since college pretty much. He always knew he wanted yeah. to be a brickie, um, and he always sends me videos and photos of just <laughs> horrible yeah. stuff that i just think why are you doing this or he sends me videos and, and messages and photos of just some really crazy over the top pointless stuff 
and, yeah. and there's just no in between. And then the no. other day he sent me a photo and he said, James, you, you'll love this. This is probably the best site I've ever worked on. And he, and he showed me this, this site where basically everything was kind of organized. There was a clear road. There was a clear pathway. There was clear storage area. It had been marked out in the ground, bricks, uh, cement, whatever. I'm not, I'm not a bricky, so I don't yeah, know what, what they are. But all of their kind of raw materials, I had it set out. And I said to him, like, forget health and safety. That must just be a better and easier way to work, surely. Like, you know where everything is. Like, you know, in manufacturing, you have like Lean Six Sigma and all that stuff. Yeah. And all, all of that is really, it's like good organization and, and kind of being efficient with your processes. It yeah. must just must just be better to work like that. And he said, yeah, I suppose he did say like, you have to get used to it because he's so used to just plonking everything where yeah. he is. But, you know, and, and he'd been in this since college. So he's just exactly the same age as me. So it's a fair few years. And that's the first time he's worked on a site that had that level of organization. Yeah, if you go and do your uh, SMSTS or whatever it's called, the yeah. site supervisor course, you know, one of the requirements is you have to draw a site plan and they judge yeah. you on how organized that is. But yet, I've not been to one site or he's not been to one site that is anywhere near as organized as what you're required no. to do on the training. Um, so there are good people out there and, and this, this very long story is going to get to a point, I promise. Um, <laughs> there are people out there doing a good job and that, I want to make that clear because I don't want people to think that this is just a health and safety no. professional bashing session, which it's not. Um, but my question to you is you kind of put your foreman, your tradesy kind of hat back on. Yep. You come across a good health and safety professional, one that's very good at talking to you, he's relaxed, you know, he's like, I'm here to help Steve, you know, there's some stuff that I'm, I need to be quite strict on because the risk is high. You know, it's just a general good bloke or woman. Um, they're quite reasonable. They're exactly yep. what you want a safety professional to be. Do you think the perception is too far um, ingrained in people that it doesn't matter now. Do you know what I mean? Like, kind of like being a racist. It doesn't matter yeah. if that that minority is is good or bad, nice person. You're not going to listen because you're racist. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? That's a really horrible analogy. Yeah. But, but, yeah. but do you think we've gone too far? There's no way to bring this back, or no, absolutely not. And I don't, I don't even think it's it's that bad. I've probably made out through my experience so i've basically only explained to you everything that's negative that's happened about health and safety advisors and help my health and safety experience so, yeah, so what, know, but... what i'm trying to what i'm trying to work out is like in your opinion do, do you do you think that like there's a lot of colleagues that you've worked with etc that like have made a decision about me as a health and safety professional before they've even met me do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, the, yeah. they know what I'm going to yeah. be like. So it doesn't matter if I'm like that or not. They've made that decision. Yeah, I see that a lot, actually. Um, you can't change people overnight, can you? Um, it's all down to, uh, there's a lot of factors, I suppose, that varies on people's opinion on what. Well, how long do you think? Uh, how, I think you're right. And it's a really difficult question. I, I get why you you're kind of struggling. <laughs> I'm even trying, if, yeah. I'm... Even if I was to answer it, I I think like like this just how mm -hmm. my kind my kind of brain works. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that kind of I I I see it so much. You know, even outside yeah. of construction, you know, I see it. People have 
people are nervous or they've made a yeah. judgment about me before I've even turned up because mm. of my title. You know, we talk about, we joke about it within the industry to say like, you know, oh, hi Steve, nice to meet you, what do you do for a mm. job? Or oh, I'm, I'm a foreman on site. Oh, cool, what, what site are you working on? And the conversation goes, yeah. you know, hi James, nice to meet you, what do you do? I'm a health and safety professional. Oh, bloody hell. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's that, yeah. it's that. And I don't, I'm concerned that, we're not going to change it. Yeah. So I feel like what you're trying to say is yes, we can change yeah, yeah. it, but but like over a long think, period. I know what you mean, um, and I don't think it's down to the health and safety, you know, professional per se. Um, everyone's different. Everyone's got different perspe- uh, perceptions of what health and safety and risks are, and what's acceptable, and what's not. Um, it's very varied on how someone is. There's so many factors in people's attitudes towards health and safety and their attitudes towards the likes of you uh, that are working in health and safety mm. um and it's i kind of think that it's um it's down to how they're brought up who they work with what companies they work for yeah, um what how they've been treated um if they've been with a bad employee that doesn't give two hoots about health and safety and perhaps put them you know put lives at risk on a daily basis then they're going to come to a new employer and look at health and safety professionals a problem aren't they straight away mm. um that's that's seen... exactly it that's exactly mm. what i'm trying to work out so maybe if i was to rephrase the question it might be a bit better if you were to if as as a kind of as a person with like years of experience as a foreman as a as a chippy etc what would you want to see from a health and safety professional that would be a that that's a better question i think yeah um what what does a good one look like to you a good one uh, i'm gonna answer that um um in my basically my previous experience um with health and safety advisors and um going back to my days in london um the good health and safety advisor would come in um have a coffee have a chat ask how the family was um the health and safety visit would be a more kind of informal thing it would perhaps just be a walk around um you haven't even got to say hazard spot i mean I've, I've walked around with health and safety guys and just chatted with them all day and they've not even said anything unless obviously it's a major issue got back and said this you know good job on site it looks really nice it's clean tidy you've done this good but i've got these points to raise can you just have a look and see what this so i think it's about how it's approached how how personable you are we interrupt this broadcast to bring you a shameless sponsorship clip in all seriousness guys we partnered up with drm group you know david mclean's been on the podcast time and time again we absolutely support his message and he's got a brand new online course to help you i'm gonna let him tell you all about it now the brain can be trained to think and behave differently to think in more positive and optimistic ways and there are steps that you can take to train your brain to feel good for good and we call this lasting positive change Through our 16-day program, which includes daily videos and action sheets, taking you no longer than 15 minutes to complete a day, you will learn how to move away from thoughts of anger, hopelessness and frustration to a place of mental well-being and positivity.
Okay guys, so if you're interested, you can click the link below and get a discount, special rebranded safety discount, full disclosure, we get a little bit kickback from that. So at the same time as improving your mental health, you can support your favorite health and safety podcast and YouTube channel. I'll let you get back into the content. Mm, I like that. I like that. Yeah, I think how personal right. you are. Um, if you, I mean, we've, I've also had it come in um, officious and um, stiff and straight away before you even go out on site. I mean, I've had, I've seen the face on some site managers. I've seen the fear in site managers' eyes before when they get the phone call to say the health and safety guys in the car park, and they've absolutely crapped themselves. Really? Just not not knowing that. They could have the best site in the world, but knowing that that health and safety guys here is coming to dictate the rules to them and to say, this is not right or this is not right, and just come and fault find. It's just, you know, it's, it's, that's why sometimes the health and safety profession gets a bad rep, and yeah. not always it's not always justified. Cause... I think you're right. I remember going to um, starting with a new company and and going to a site. Um, to do a health and safety audit. Um, now, I'm not a massive fan of audits. If I was going to go to a site, if I'm honest, I would say uh, it's a visit or a chat or whatever you want to call it. I don't know. But I think the term freight, the term audit comes with an enforcement kind of uh, mindset. I think that's how people interpret it. I'm being audited. There's only yeah. only bad things are going to come from this. A list of work to do to to be better or a telling off. Um, I'm never going to get you know good because all auditors are looking for something wrong. So anyway, that that's just my rant about audits. I was yeah. going to the site to do to do an audit, and um, I just got to the site and like I'm I'm extremely relaxed in, in the kind of way I approach people, and I like exactly what you just said i'd like to approach it like that i'm coming here for a coffee i've just been driving for two hours the first thing i want to do is sit down have a coffee get to know you uh, understand who you are hi steve how you doing how long you've been working this site you know what do you do as a hobby just general chit chat yeah because i want you to relax as well but anyway the second i walk through this door i just could tell this person was so uptight they were mm -hmm. so nervous yeah. and literally like ran up to me and they were like hi james uh, welcome to blah blah site um i was just wondering if you could just sign in over here thank you um this is the sign in book you'll see the name the, yeah. the title the da, 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 and like taking me through the whole thing and i'm like mm, this is either really comprehensive and this guy loves health and safety or yeah. this guy's been royally screwed over by a safety yeah, person yeah, yeah. before. Yeah. And I'm not sure yet, but I'm going to wait and see. So anyway, he's like, I'll just give you a quick induction. Because you're a visitor, if you wouldn't mind wearing this orange high visibility jacket. And I'm, and <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to explain what type of site it was because it will give away what yeah. company it was. Uh, but it wasn't a building site. It wasn't a factory. It wasn't anything like that. The risk of me walking around, I did not need a horrid, orange no. hybrid. But anyway, it gives me this orange hybrid. And, I'm, and I, I literally went to, really? You want me to wear that? He's like, yes, please. It is part of our health and safety policy, which I will show you later. And he's really like nervous. He's yeah. practically shaking, this guy. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. And he's like, should we go for a walk around the building? And I'm like, if you don't mind, mate, I'm in a car for two hours. I really need a, a wee and I'd love a cup of coffee. Uh, yeah. And he's like, all oh, right, yeah, okay, let's do that. 
and we got into the kitchen, made the coffee, sit down, and he's still, I'm talking to him, he's still really nervous, and I just remember saying to him, I'm going to call him Steve, just because you're right in front of me, and that's the name. <laughs> yeah, and I said, look, Steve, what is wrong? Calm down. Is there something happened today that you need me to leave and just come back, or can I help, or what? And it, and he's just like no I just I just you know I I, I, yeah. I, I, I want I want to get this audit audit re, re, you know really really re, re, I want it to be good I want it to be good and I'm like just relax it, it was good. I'm not come here to destroy your business or, or your your site and tear you apart and get you to lose your job or anything calm down I want you to enjoy this experience I'm just here for a chat. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's an audit, it's an audit. And I was like, yeah, it is an audit. That's what it's called. But I'm just going to look at your paperwork and I'm going to try and help you fix the problem. Just calm down. And eventually started to calm down. And then I went back like a few months later and like we started to get to know each other. And then I, then I went back again and um, and we, we started to talk away. And it finally came out that this person that, that used to have my job in, in my area was an absolute prick and and literally and he said that sometimes he would point and get real close to me point at me and shout and be like why have you got this like this and i'm just like what the hell so this guy was physically scared of me because of the term health and safety audit because of the last person that came before me had built this perception of what I was going to be. And it was horrible Mm. to experience. I never want to experience that again in my life. I felt so sorry for the bloke. He was like sweating and everything. I just felt so sorry for him. See, that's why um, I don't think punishment. I mean, he's obviously fearing perhaps repercussions or punishment from your report or from the health and safety report. Yeah. Um, and that's why I don't think punishment always works, um, because you're just gonna scare people, aren't you? I mean, I think there's a time and a place. In in my opinion, yeah. I think there's yeah. a time and a place. I think so. I always kind of talk about it. If someone to say, how how should I manage health and safety? And I say you should manage health and safety the same way I manage my dog. So my dog mostly gets positive. Yeah. reinforcement mostly right but there are times where i have to be very stern with him and i sometimes lose my shit a little bit but that aside <laughs> sometimes i'd be really stern so i i say most of the time it's you know carry on with your job how are we doing blah 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 let's do this be quite flexible you know work with people talk to them but sometimes the risk gets really high and then that's when i flip into serious mode and i say nope steve stop right now listen to me and stop right now this is like imminent danger we need to be really strict got permits to work you know get real heavy yeah. on it but then tomorrow when that risk is gone and we're doing something completely different we relax a lot more that, that's how i like to see it i think punishment i, I yeah i i think and that goes go on exactly the same exactly the same. i read something the other day um i was talking to someone about um punishing kids and yeah. I was arguing that you don't need to punish children. So I, I got on Google and I looked up and um, there was something and I thought, this is health and safety 101. This guidelines for the best, kind of the most research and the best way to kind of develop your child. It worked in the work capacity as well. I thought yeah. it was brilliant. And it was things like um, showing them and telling them right from wrong, how they should behave culture mm. um setting clear limits and um, consistency in rules and behaviors giving consequences what could happen no you know not mm. punishment but what you know the outcome could be 
and this was mm. children and it's like yeah. wow and the same as your dog analogy yeah it, you know, it doesn't always yeah okay some instances that's why the law is there isn't it it's got to be punished but yeah I think, I think there is a place for it um I, but i think it's in very extreme circumstances and i think the problem is we do we punish more than we reward i think yeah, that, yeah. that's my biggest concern um and and i do think i quite like you've got like sydney decker's work who talks about like just culture andrew sham and judith hackett they talk about it as well you know a lot of people talk about it it's got a lot of people don't like sydney's work sydney decker's work and that that's fair enough whatever um i'm I'm not a massive advocate for anyone's work if i'm honest i I like bits and bobs of everybody but that aside I, i like the idea of a just culture it's to say do you know what if you if you if you blatantly do something wrong and you knew it was wrong and you just did it anyway, you know, essentially you're just being a complete ass, then, then yeah, you're going to get punished and you're going to get enforcement. The same as my dog. He knows 100% he's not allowed to bark out the window, but he still does it. And he bloody knows because the second I stand up, he runs to his bed because he knows he's going to get told off. But he yeah, still, yeah. he does it, and he bark, yeah. and he look he'll look at me, you know. And it, it, I'm not saying that uh, that everyone at work is a dog, and they're all stupid. And you're not no, saying right. that everyone's got the brain of a child either. But what I'm saying is there are similarities in this stuff, um, yeah. and and I do genuinely think that we overly rely on punishment. These red card, yellow yeah. card things, you know, it's it's like what. You know, safety. I mean, I've talked about. I mean, we had Stephen Melvin on, who I've not, I've not spoken to in a long time, actually. But we had him on the podcast. You know, just a normal safety professional come on yeah. just to have a chit chat about manual handling. And I said, why are safety professionals walking around, you know, punishing people for not lifting correctly? Why are they not going around rewarding people for lifting correctly? Because there's more people lifting correctly than there is incorrectly. But mm. I think positive reinforcement works a lot better. So I, I do think punishment has a place, but punishment yeah. should should come after positive reinforcement, in my opinion. Mm. But, I mean, I've got my first kid in the way, so I'll let you know how that works oh, out. Congratulations. Uh, oh, good luck. Yeah, thank you. I don't know if this <laughs> is going to work. I might just go full down the punishment route and just be like, right, <laughs> I'm smacking your ass. Why? Just because I want to smack your ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. But it is it is interesting, and I do I do see a lot of similarities. I mean, in in one of Andrew's books, actually, he he even mentions like a method. Uh, I think it's called ABC, and I can't remember. It's action, behavior, consequence. So he uses the example of his sister feeding the ki- uh, the kids dinner. So. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me of my little brother. So, so the, there's quite a big age gap between my, my, me and my brother. So it's about 10 years. So, you know, I was a teenager when he was like six and whatever. Um, and he was a nightmare for eating his dinner, an absolute nightmare. Because when I look back on it, he knew that dinner meant bath and bed straight away afterwards. And in this book, yeah. Andrew was saying his sister absolutely nails a the ABC method. The action is eat your dinner. Uh, the action is to eat your dinner. The behavior is we want you to eat your dinner. We want you to the good behavior is you're eating it nice, quick, you're doing it calm, whatever. Um the consequence was after your dinner, mummy will come and sit down and play with you. Full on dedicated mummy daughter Son, yeah. whatever time. So the consequence of eating a dinner was positive and not negative, and and I think that's 
the opposite of which is just good and but that's yeah. the opposite of what we do in health and safety we do you know action wear your hard hat behavior you're not wearing it consequence yeah. yellow card yeah. do it again yellow card do it again red card and it's like there's there's no one well, wear my hard hat why well because you won't die that's not good enough you know I, I don't wear a hard hat ever and i'm still alive yeah. that argument doesn't work no there's got to be some kind of positive reinforcement to that. So I think I think you're right, mate. I yeah. think, I, I, I do think it has its place, but I do think it needs to be a rarity. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, especially with sight, you have got to kind of make things as simple as possible. I mean, I try the, the building sites, and this is no reflection on anyone's intelligence. But you have got to keep things simple because trades have got things to do and they've got their mind has got to be focused on their work so if you're going to overcomplicate health and safety then this you're just going to keep getting non-compliance aren't you i mean mm. that's kind of the by and large of it really um i don't think i don't think that's that's unique to construction i think everywhere should keep it simple you know yeah. I, I think we overcome complicate stuff oh to, to the nth degree you can yeah. overcomplicate it in the shop floor and you can overcomplicate it all the way up to you know full-on years and years of experience as a safety professional we were talking about safety too and behavior-based safety and and bloody i don't know all the crazy schemes that are coming out and have been out for years everyone argues about them and i yeah. just think I don't see any problem with with what the law is telling you to do to be reasonable and practicable. What was yeah. what was ever wrong with that? There's no there's nothing wrong with that. You know, all, all you're trying to do here is create a nice place to work and be reasonable and be practicable, and that's it. Yeah. You know, but but yet we overcomplicate. And I understand what people are trying to do. They're trying to come up with a new way to do it to sell a book and make loads of money. I get that. I'm not naive enough to say that. And they do have value. A lot of Sydney's work is good. A lot of Eric's work is good. You know, Andrew's work is good. But everyone just gets so bogged down in the complications. And mm. sometimes I just see all this stuff that we implement yeah. at businesses. And I just think, why are you doing this? Like, prime think, example, we need to... Yeah, go on. Sorry. sorry, buddy. I've got to remember you're the guest and I should talk less. No, you? no, I'm, I'm... Yeah, carry on. Um, <laughs> Prime example, I think well, you know, some businesses will have a review process yeah. for a risk assessment. Primarily, this is quite common in fire risk assessments, right? So you have a fire assessment and if you're quite a little bit switched on, you'll realize that when the consultant tells you you need to review it every year, that it's just a cash cow and that he's trying to get repeat business and you don't need to do that. Okay, so great. We've done that. But we should have an internal review process. Why? Well, because we need to review it. Why do you need to review it? Well, because the law says we need to review it. Okay, what are you going to do? Once a year, we're going to create this separate form, um, which is our review form. We'll fill out mm. in there and we'll write down all the changes or not changes and we'll, we'll sign it off and we'll keep that as a record to show we're reviewing the process. Uh, what do you yeah. think, James? I think it's a waste of paper. I think it's an absolute waste of time. The problem is you don't trust your staff to tell you if something's changed. That's 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 the root cause of this, in my opinion. And some people would say I'm naive and I really don't care. I like to keep things extremely simple. You know, has anything... Hi, Steve, you manage number two on Bob Street. Yes, I do. Has anything changed in that building? No. 
and I'll explore that a little bit more. You've not had an extension. You've not had your change of your yeah, yeah. roots. You've not changed any rooms from a bathroom over to a bedroom. No, nothing like that. Have you changed anything with the people that only got any disabled people started working in there? No, no disabled people. Um, all maintaining the alarms. Yeah, can I see all the records? Yeah, cool, they're there. Boom, no changes. Firework, fire assessment stays as it is. We don't need to write anything down. But, but what if something goes wrong? If something goes wrong, the root cause is not that you didn't review it. The, ro- the root cause is that something went wrong. So, so what was the reason something went wrong? Because you weren't managing whatever it was that caused the fire yeah, yeah. in the first place. I, I just feel like we focus on the, on the plaster that we put yeah. on the wound and not on the, what, stopping what made the wound, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we just overcomplicate stuff all yeah. the time. And, and I, yeah, I think, I mean, that's kind of what you are for and safety professionals to take that complication in your head and then almost dumb it down a little bit, depending on what they're talking to. So that's why the qualifications are so in depth and so mind boggling, Mm. especially for the likes of me, um, because we've got to know, or you've got to know all of this stuff so that you can break it down for the tradesmen and for the managers and for the business owners because they don't need to know all the legislations and everything do they they just need to know what they need to do to be honest mate we don't even need to know legislation (laughs) nearly all legislation says the same thing risk assess it and do what's reasonable practicable if anyone gets enforced on they do it on the on the health and safety at work act so and that Mm. says what do what's reasonable, do what's practicable. Yes, there are for more higher risk stuff, there are some much more prescriptive kind mm. of measures. But for most of us, that's what we're dealing with. Um, mm. So let, let, let's have a quick chat then about kind of what was the point that you went from, from um, I'm, a, I'm a foreman, I'm a project manager, um, you're quite an extensive I would say made probably successful career in construction that you're going to come and join the dark side and you want to be a safety <laughs> professional. Yeah. You alluded to earlier having a passion for it. I, <laughs> I don't know anyone that's not extremely weird like me and a handful of other people that have a passion for this stuff. Where, where did that come from? Was, was there an event or was there a moment or was it gradual? That was gradual. Um, yeah. That's, I've had, like I said earlier, I had people in the profession that were really nice and really coming. I was, I used to look forward to Alex coming down for a coffee and Carl coming down for a coffee and a chat. Yeah, and, and that, to me, was kind of like, oh, wow, what a great job. They've got going around sites, chatting to people, drinking coffee all day. I'm like, brilliant. <laughs> this was like 10 years don't, ago. Don't tell and people then, that's all we do. <laughs> and, then, and then it was like the next visit would be from Anon, you know, Joe Bloggs would be like you said earlier with your guy would be scared stiff so yeah. it would vary so much so it was like why does it, it don't need to be like that i know from my experience i they get better response out of me by being nice and i've seen more people terrified of the health and safety profession than what i have actually me seeing the good side so it was gradual um uh, it was more so in my younger days i did a sort of I suppose when early days of site management, I did sort of see the health and safety professional. Um, I think it was Alex and Carl at the time. And I did sort of look up to them and thought, actually, these are quite nice guys. And yeah. And then I would kind of be a bit like tennis. We'd be bounding, bounding around. I'd meet a bad safety professional that would, you know, come and tear me a new arsehole <laughs> or something really stupid. And then it'd be like, oh no, what do I want to do this for? So it's built up. 
Um, but I can see through the positives um, is made me realise that I think that I could probably do quite a good job doing this because I understand people. I love um, that. I, I've seen so many different personality types and I I like manipulating people. It sounds bad, but <laughs> I do enjoy. I, I, it's, it's, I suppose it's quite a good feeling when you've got In, someone... Influencing really... is, is the word you've replaced with manipulating. Yeah. Oh, just, just for future <laughs> reference, yeah. People, people, don't, people don't like saying we, we know that's what we're doing. We're manipulating you. But yeah. we call it influencing. Right. <laughs> but it's, it's quite a good feeling knowing that you've made a positive difference to someone that perhaps might have a negative attitude at the start. And then you actually say to them, well, actually, you know, you can, if you do it this way, it's going to make a lot more sense. It's going to make your job easier. And then seeing that in product of actually they want to come, they want to do what's right. As opposed yeah. to at the start, where they were like, you know, putting up against a brick wall. Um, so, and I've done that in site management, and it's actually the more I learn, the more I realise this is what health and safety is about. It's about um, making people realise the benefits it could have of being, po you know, positive health and safety attitude. It's like how saying to an employer, it's like by doing this could make you more money. Mm -hmm. it's not you know don't be stressing about the fact it's health and safety it's like do you know doing it this way in the long run it's gonna earn you more dosh <laughs> no i love that there's so much you said there that i really like firstly i think alex was it alex and carl Alex and carl. i think they need to congratulate him for for, <laughs> for obviously being very good safety professionals to encourage mm -hmm. you to join the industry so well done alex and carl for being for mm -hmm. being the good ones of the industry um Secondly, I think welcome to the profession, Steve. We're very happy to have you. I think we need <laughs> more people that think like you. I think you're right. The fly going past my face. Um, I think you're right. That, you know, there, there's an old saying. I say old saying. I say that like I'm this old wise <laughs> Chinese man. Oh, a few years on you, mate. There's a saying that somebody told me a long time ago that you know, good safety is good business. And I, I don't think people believe that. And I don't think people yeah. follow that. Uh, but I think you're right. I think mm. I like to think of this stuff as being efficient with our risks. You know, we have risks in a business, we, we need to be efficient around them. And to be efficient in a business is to kind of, you know, not lose money and be be as, as streamlined as possible. So I think you're right. I think good safety mm. is good business. I think if you look at it from an overall point of view of managing risk, then then you're probably going to help your business even more. The more people that think like you, the more people that think, you know what, this is about talking to people. This is about influencing people, maybe potentially manipulating them, but I wouldn't want to give away all of our data. <laughs> um, yeah. But, you, you know, it is, it is about that. It's just kind of understanding people. And I like mm -hmm. the fact that you you've kind of seen what we we do and in, in an industry and been attracted to it to be able to come over and help people because i think mm -hmm. something i struggled with when i was young in, in my career and I, to be honest still struggle with now if i'm if i'm brutally honest yeah i would say i still struggle with it now is that it's a very thankless job um you know good is nothing happens mm. 
So if I do my job right, nothing mm-hmm. happens. So so we yeah. can we can go. It, obviously, it, it changes company to company. But I've been in so many companies where you you're, you're not even considered. You know, you're like that one vital part in a machine that is required. But no, you're that small that no one even knows yeah. you're there. But yeah. they'll know you're they'll know you're not there. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you disappeared because something would seriously go wrong and it can get you really down sometimes. Yeah. I think, you know, people only email you when something's gone wrong. People only email you and look to you um, when something's gone wrong and they want you to make all the decisions, even though you're, you've been banging on the door telling them to fix this for years. And then all of a sudden, what ha- what you've been saying for years actually happens and they go, oh, well, James, what do we do? And I'm like, well, I can sit here and say I told you so, or we can work together and try and figure this yeah. out. So you've got to be a kind of a kind of unique person to, to do this job, I think. Yeah, but you're right. Isn't it? I like, I just, I love. I, when you message me, I just love the fact that you've kind of gone from probably in in my experience from an outside perspective looking in yeah. one of the worst industries in health and safety statistically, and I think mm-hmm. from a perception based point of view. Um, to go in, do you know what? I don't want to run away from safety. I want to come in. I want to join. Yeah. I want to join the kind of the, the rebel alliance against the kind of old-fashioned way of doing things <laughs> in a way. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, I love that. So well done. And that's a big decision to make. And you're you're doing your. Did you say you're doing your NCRQ now, aren't you? Yeah. So uh, I've done the NCRQ certificate. Um, I've just failed my first assignment on HCSD two. <laughs> which is the civil liability one, uh, which I'm struggling to get my head around. Um, I, if I'm getting... honest, I've been doing this for eight years and I struggled with the second book. I was talking to a colleague of mine yesterday who's, he's been doing it longer than me. And he, I think he's been in the, in the game for about, I think I, I, he's been in, he's, he's older than me, but he was in the armed forces, etc. Yeah. I'm sure he's done safety longer than me. But anyway, and I said to him, the second book, juicy, mate, it's hard. Yeah, yeah. I think it for anyone, mate. So don't beat yourself up. I am look the next one I'm looking forward to behaviour one. That's kind of like what I like. So yeah. I think yeah, talking about law is probably it's hard to digest. I think, um, but yeah. So I'm doing the NZRQ, going on to do the diploma. Um, I'm enrolled in an NVQ, but you need evidence for that. So I'm struggling, um, and I've done the uh, New Bosch construction certificate as well, which is. Okay. Okay, I'm two thirds of the way through that, so I've done. I've passed two assignments. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's yeah, that's where I am. And then I, I'd like to carry on once I've got the diploma. Mm-hmm. Maybe one day do uh, a university degree if my tele- intelligence stretches that far. <laughs> my tra- my trades background might limit it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you'll be fine. No offence. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so that so look, like I said, behaviour is like I, that really fascinates me and interests me in people. So maybe behavioural safety is something I'd like to further. I don't know, but it's, it's money and time at the moment and getting the first bit done. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I agree that all of this stuff costs money, which is a shame. If it was all free, we'd all be really intelligent. Oh, yes. um, but you know, YouTube, mate, podcasts, is loads of good podcasts yeah. out there, especially one about health and safety called Rebound and Safety. But that aside, um, <laughs> there are some amazing ones. Uh, from a safety point of view, um, it's David Provan's one, Safety. All right, I haven't heard of that one. Oh, what's that called? Safety of Work. That's very good. Those two are like those two are like geniuses, basically, like doc- doctors of, of stuff. Um, 
and that theirs is much more kind of technical and they talk about like research articles research articles and stuff like that that's that's a really good podcast to listen to if you like that stuff um for, for yourself and anyone else listening um I'm trying to think of other stuff. Any, I talk about the books and that all the time, but yeah, I'm, Decker and that. I, yeah, I listen to um, a, a pre-accident investigation podcast, Todd Conklin. Yeah, Todd Conklin. So that guy's very easy to listen to. He is. He's yeah, great. That's like cool systems-based stuff. It's American, isn't he, Todd? Yeah. yeah, American. Mm. And then there's a couple of local ones I listen to as well, as well as yours. As well. I've only li- recently cottoned on to you, actually. I do apologise, but um, terrible. Oh no! I binge what binge listened to a couple of others, and then it was like your one come up. I was like, oh, I haven't tried to, I haven't tried to change it, and then I started, and then that was kind of when I messaged you and said, "Yeah, thanks, you're doing it. That's actually really good." Where have you been? Where have I been? Yeah, Todd Todd is very good. I've listened to a few bits of Todd. I do like him. He's very easy to listen to. He's a good lad. I'm hoping to go to an event later on in the year, which he's speaking at, which would be amazing if we can, if I can meet him. I like his stuff. Yeah, there's a there's I think Safety FM is is part of the organisation that do Todd the Toddcast or whatever his is. So that's quite a good one for for any yourself and any other listeners that want to kind of get some more and there's a gentleman i think safety on tap i think it's called he's from australia i can't remember his name but his is quite good um mm-hmm. i remember he messaged me a while ago uh a long time ago if he's listening he, he might might message <laughs> me again tell me to bugger off but um he messaged me a while ago because i used to say i think i used to say in my intro like this is most probably the only interesting health and safety podcast in the world and um it was just a tongue-in-cheek kind of statement but he challenged me and messaged me on linkedin he was like actually uh mine is also very interesting and i never heard i never heard of his at that point but it is a good podcast uh, would, would Colin Nottage have something to say about that then <laughs> uh, yeah, well, his, he, he stole the phrase and called his uh, the interesting oh, podcast. Yeah. No, I don't know if he did steal it from me. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's loads of stuff out there. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's actually, I, I'm, I, why have I missed out? I've literally, the last six months, I've only just discovered podcasts. So I've, I've been listening to the, the safety podcast, um, Richard Collins, Colin Nottage, you, and then Todd Conklin. So I'm working my way through those at the moment. And my only limits, that is time. Yeah, there's, there's more and more coming source. all the time. Yeah. yeah, there's more and more coming. Every day there's like a new podcast coming out. I think the Justice League of America, uh, Justice League of Safety or whatever they're called. They've just a group of safety professionals in America. They've just started one as well. Um, so, yeah, when I started, there was a handful of people. Um, do you know what? So, Sonny Gopal's podcast was really good. I think he stopped doing his now. And I can't remember what that was called. But his was really good from a behavioural base safety point of view he had professor scott geller on who i've mentioned a few times in the podcast and that's really good that was like a five-part episode um and he's he was really good so i like sonny's as well but sonny stopped now i think um, i think he does do blogs and stuff but he stopped his podcast yeah, yeah. um Anyway, stop telling people to go and listen to. I'll stop telling people to stop <laughs> going and listening to everyone else's bloody podcast. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> and I kind of, firstly, wish you every bit of luck in your future career. And if you need any kind of support, I'm sure I'll I'll be willing to pass you on to someone who listens to this podcast that's much more intelligent than me. Um, <laughs> but no, jokes aside, if you need any help, drop me a message. Uh, you know, kind of 
tag me on on linkedin or something yeah, there's so many people in my network that are just absolute geniuses when it comes to this stuff mm. um that help you out yeah. and you know what i i think there's someone who is just putting their foot in into the the kind of industry i think you've been extremely brave to come on a podcast that's all about health and safety it's a fair play to you mate uh, <laughs> a lot of people yeah. i message that say look i really want a couple of people have messaged me saying oh, i'm new into the career and thanks for your podcast and i say oh come on i really want someone who's, who's like fresh in um to talk about it and they're like no no i'm not coming on so yeah, thank right. you very much for coming oh, on yeah yeah thank you for having me james it's been an absolute honor um yeah. really has and um yeah thanks for your podcast um, oh. Stop it. Absolutely brilliant. But yeah, and, and congratulations again, uh, both on the diploma and the child. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, when, when's it June? When's it June? 16th of okay. August. Ah, wow. Yeah. Oh, but COVID is, uh, is, is throwing a spanner in the work. So I yeah. am talking about risk management. Here is uh, a. Uh, what I would probably think if I put my health and safety professional hat on a very reasonable control measure, but as a first time father, something that's really upset me, um, I'm not allowed to go to any of the scans until this COVID thing is over. No meetings, no scans, no heartbeats, no nothing. So I'm lucky to have been to the first scan, lucky to have heard the heartbeat, but (laughs) I'm not allowed to go to any of the stuff. Now my wife has to go on her own, which, I I'm a bit of a I'm a bit of a control freak. I like to get really involved in everything. Yeah, yeah. That's really got me down. But uh, yeah, so, so that. Is, is that was that your decision then, or was that the, no, the, the, that the hospital? The hospital made the decision and said that because of the COVID nineteen to to limit the spread. And no unnecessarily people. You're not allowed to take, yes, exactly it. You're not allowed to take any guests with you whatsoever. So we're hoping that she'll be able to like record the video um, of, of the next scan. And I'll ask mm. her to get me a photo as well. So um, she'll do that. But as a good example of, of kind of, you know, managing risk, sometimes it's just shit. And, yeah, and, and yeah. whether, you know, no matter what you come up with in the future, Steve, or whatever, anyone else listening, one day they're going to implement something that people don't like. And, and I think that's yeah. a prime example. Because at first, my gut reaction was, what a load of shit. I need to be able to come yeah. to my, my future child scan. And then I had to stop myself, sit back and think, do you know what? Managing the risk is not, that's quite a good, that's quite a good yeah. way of doing, of managing the spread. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think this COVID, this whole COVID thing has been fascinating from a for safety professional point of view <laughs> yeah. to see how they're managing it. Um, people's my, reaction as well. Yeah, yeah. There's another thing is, is how the people are dealing with it. Like, the, what was it Sunday? They, the pack, the parks all across the country were packed, weren't they? And yeah. Like, have you been reading the news or listening to the news? Yeah, yeah. As, and it's interesting from a be- from a behavioural point of view. Like you're saying, you're quite interested in that stuff. Is that? Yes. Is all this kind of panic buying thing, and I, I genuinely don't think it's a panic buying problem. I think there was at, at one point, I think maybe a lot of people panicked and brought yeah. maybe loads more than what they would ever buy. You know, stockpiling toilet roll and stuff. But I, I don't think that's the problem now. I think the problem is, is, is everybody is shopping more, and I yeah. think everybody is 
buying one or two more of everything that they buy because they go into the shop, they see the shelves are empty and I I did it. You know, I went into the shop last Friday. I got my diploma results. I was very happy. I wanted to get a beer. Right. So I go into the shop. It's, it's, it is like scarily you don't empty. need an excuse to buy more beer <laughs> <laughs> you do not well, need <laughs> i would normally because i if it's in the fridge i'll drink it right so i would normally only buy about eight cans or eight tops like a pack two packs of four yeah, that yeah. give me going saturday and sunday or if they're bottles like probably six or whatever but anyway that's all i'll ever buy so anyway, I go in, the whole shop is empty, like not just the bread, milk and meat oil. It was every single shelf was, was just cleaned. And I was like, what? And I rang my wife and I'm going down. And I'm like, if the fucking beers are, is like this, I'm going to lose my shit. All I want is some chocolate and a beer. Galaxy chocolate, which is what I, I eat, gone. I was like, take the piss. That was gone. So I was already, I was already pissed off. Got to the beer aisle. It was like cleaned. And I couldn't get the beer that I wanted. So I ended up trying some old speckled hen, which worked out that I really like. So old speckled hen, lovely. Bit more expensive than what I normally get, but oh well. So anyway, it worked out okay. But I ended up buying, I I have three four packs instead of two four packs. Why? Because I thought, well, next week when I want a beer, it might not be there. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't think it's a, from a kind of I'm no behavioural safety behavioralist kind of psychologist no. expert or anything like that. But from all the books I've read and podcasts I listen to, mm. I look at it. And I think what I did that's the problem is buying one more yeah. of everything. You buy things that are there because you think it might not be there next time. Yeah. It's yeah. not a bulk buying problem, I don't think. Mm. Um, we've, after, had, we've had a, a surge on fridge freezers, believe it or not. Yeah, I've heard we've that. <laughs> I heard wow. that. Yeah, I, I get that. Yeah, we've um, we, we, I went shopping the other day just before the baby came here, and there was only the premium nappies left. You're finding all the expensive stuff left. Yeah. So I've had yeah. to get as many as I can get. And like you say, it's like oh, if I come next week or get an online shop, I'm going to substitute or not have it. So yeah. I've had to buy the premium brand nappies, which are way overpriced. Yeah, just to make sure that. It's there, so I get that. Yeah, yeah. We we um our next door neighbour's got a baby, and we've we've been given. We we found out about our baby just before Christmas, so um it was before this, and a lot of people have given us a load of stuff, and we've been given like five or six packs of nappies that we're not going to use for like five months time. So we we kind of said to a few friends of ours, and we said to our neighbours like, look, we've got these nappies that if you want them you can have them yeah. we're not using them because you know you go to the shop like you just said and it's gone and yeah. i think you're right i don't think it i don't think it's people going in and buying hundreds of packs of nappies i think it's people buying one or two more like you've done and like i've done yeah. but yeah it is fascinating from a point of view anyway we will uh we'd end up having a whole nother podcast about i know yeah yeah i, I, I wait that one with bated breath <laughs> 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 Let me just press. Not, not that we're getting bored of hearing about COVID nineteen, but anyway. Yeah, we um, I'm working on something with uh, with three gentlemen at the moment about doing like a little panel, weekly panel about it. Not not so much about COVID, but about the subjects around it. Um, and, and we'll go from there. But keep your eyes out. We might be. Um, I, I think it will come out probably next Monday. And then we'll. Pro- I think we'll do one a week from from now on. And then once this dies down, we'll probably cut it, nip it in the bud. Depends how successful it is. If people like it, I might do it monthly after COVID settled down. Mm. Just to get some 
ideas out there for people, help people. And there's a lot of businesses that are panicking and, you know, the three gents that are coming on, I'm just going to play host basically, but the three gents that will come on, um, to be honest, when this podcast come out, they'll have been coming out anyway. So everyone will be like, Oh, we know about this. Um, but yeah, just for your information, basically. Um, yeah so these three gents they own they own businesses and and so I, I just thought and I was talking to Jonathan about it it was his idea and we were just saying you know it'd be just good to just bounce back ideas off each other do it at a recorded conversation publish it and some people out there who are struggling right now might go do you know what? I didn't think of that Let, let's get it and just but you know it, it's difficult because I, I don't want people to kind of take our advice as gospel. You know, it's just, it's, it's just, yeah. a, it's just an idea. It's just an opinion. If you don't like it, go to the government, please just follow the government's advice. We are not the government. Um, so yeah. I'll be, I'll be very clear before we start <laughs> the podcast as a host that, that the government's advice is, is the one you should be following. Not some jumped up 29 year old in a couple of business <laughs> on a podcast. You know what I mean? Right, Steve, thank you very much for coming on the podcast, mate. Yeah. Thanks for having me, James. It's so much appreciated. And I'm yeah. Brilliant. Thanks, buddy. I've loved it. I've loved it. Okay, guys, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Stephen. I really enjoyed it. Such a lovely guy, like such a really nice bloke, really interested to see what happens and kind of join him on his journey as he progresses through his career in health and safety, which you know, I hope he is successful in and um, I'm sure we will see much more of him going forward, especially now he's doing podcasts and stuff as well. He's interested in all that. He's been messaging me since we spoke about podcasts, etc. So keep an eye out for this guy. I think he's going to be something big in the future. If you enjoyed this episode and you're listening on iTunes, give us a rate, rate and review. It's just really nice thing to do. And I feel like you're a nice person. And you know, most people that listen to this podcast are really nice people and they leave us rates and review. You don't want to be that one listener that's not doing it, do you? That would just be just be horrible which is it must mean that you're just a horrible person which i don't think you are i don't think you are so give us a rate and review and show us how nice you are nothing to do with algorithms or anything just i think you're nice and i think you deserve to people to know that you're nice anyway I'm trying to use like moral pressure to pressure people to 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 like the podcast and do all these do all the rate and review things, you know. Well, it's much more um, much more effective than just asking them. It's like applying pressure under social constraints. Anyway, before I was rudely interrupted, where were we? If you do any of that stuff under no pressure whatsoever, then you can screenshot it, share it, tag us at Safety Rebranded on Twitter or Rebranded Safety on Facebook and LinkedIn. Let us know and we'll give you a shout out and say, this is how amazing you are. This is how amazing this person is. Look how nice he is or she is or anyone is. Anyway, I'm gonna go now because I've lost my train of thought. I'll catch you next week in the podcast, safe. So.